0: Have you ever trained a science officer before? Absolutely not. No, I didn't know they did this. But Starfleet settled on a lovely manual which I have been skimming, so you and I will be learning together. That wasn't that fun. (laughs) Sure is. Now let's see here. Table of contents, good start. Forward by Ambassador Spock, Hmm, not bad. Okay, Vulcan stuff, Vulcan stuff, Vulcan stuff. I tell you what, it would have been logical to find an editor. Strange new takes. I'm your host, Josh Carnegie, and with me, having hallucinations of our deepest fantasies, are Bill Whywad and Rudy Chris Baker. Welcome to Strange New Takes. My deepest fantasy today was recording with Bill and Rudy, so I'm already living <laughs> my best uh, my best hopes for this life. And today we're covering the recaps of our two episodes of Two Episodes of Lower Decks, Mining the Minds Minds, which aired a couple of weeks ago. And Room for Growth, which is from this past week.
1: And do follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Do tell your friends about us. Um, We'd like to widen our listening group. Uh, We love you and we'd like to love more people. Um, And always a five-star rating um, on the uh, podcast of your choice does help us.
2: Spoiler alert. We're going to be spoiler, spoiling these two episodes and also potentially anything else in the Star Trek canon and maybe even a few gems from Top Gun Maverick. So uh, be warned.
0: Uh, you, can, you can tell that Top Gun made it onto like home video and airlines and stuff because we're talking about it again.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's All right. what happened. Well, i uh, Usually I would introduce the episode at this point, but since we've got two episodes, I'm going to wait till after our strange new takes to, to introduce which episode we're talking about. So which of you has a strange new take for me to start off?
1: Um, I, can, I can get started. Um, what is common to Game of Thrones, Watchmen, and Halle Berry? that ring a bell? Mm. Not really? Okay. So I saw a movie last night called Moonfall. I think it's on... Mm. I think it's on HBO Max. And so it has... It's a sci-fi movie. It's a fun movie. It's quite literally about the moon falling to Earth. Uh, I won't spoil it anymore. (laughs) Uh, It kind of sounds cheesy, but um, it has... And I forget the gentleman's name. He's he's one of the lead characters in, in Watchmen. Um, um I'll I'll look it up and, and get back to you. But it has Allie Berry, it has John Bradley, the chubby guy from Game of Thrones, the the guy with the books in the Night's Watch, and and this guy from Watchmen and and somehow they uh they come together in this movie, which I think has it, I I don't know. It's interesting. It either steals from or pays homage to almost every apocalyptic movie in some way and somehow it it still fits and is it's it was entertaining for me, right from Deep Impact, Armageddon. Um, I, I can't even I can't even remember the other references, but uh, it is it is all over the place. Uh, it's loads of fun. So you're in for a mindless, uh, goofy, uh, but serious sci-fi. I watch Moonfall. Okay. And and my take for uh this episode is uh yeah, I'm not revealing my deepest, darkest fantasies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Uh so I'm gonna explain to you guys why the card season three is literally unwatchable and it all has to do with Worf's mustache <clears throat> you see <laughs> you see warf is supposed to okay there's like uh the hitler mustache right the toothbrush mustache and then Worf's mustache is like the opposite of that it's like just the corners it, but then it's open in the middle that's the way it's supposed to be but in these new <laughs> new images of Worf that i've seen from picard season three he has a full mustache so yeah, it's a it's a it's a disaster.
0: <clears throat> so what you're saying um, is is that his his mustache uh, you're you're assuming that his mustache prior to Picard season three was not a result of shaving. It was actually his hair grows anti Hitler, like the opposite of the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Um,
2: okay. And, you know, for these episodes, I don't know, I mean, Lower Decks, I love Lower Decks, and it's such a, um, such a love letter to um, TNG. Um, and they're also adhering to the um, important TNG tenet of never having any character development. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am kinda serious when I say that. I mean, you know, it which is fine. You know, they're just gonna end up back in the bridge or you know, if there is something that, that persists into the next episode, it will be resolved in that next episode for sure. Um, you know. So I, I I don't know. I think that's I think we can just expect that and for the duration of the show's run.
0: You think you think like it like the Simpsons, it'll be like, you know, we'll be watching this, you know, twenty years from now and it'll still be twenty three eighty two and uh
2: there's still ensigns, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, it's the same. It's the same Cerritos mission. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. For I guess I'll give my my first strange new take will be a little bit of a PSA with some personal implications, which is that if you find yourself in a situation where you cannot keep fluids down. Uh, Go to the emergency room or a place you can get fluids right, like IV fluids, right away. You get dehydrated really, really quickly if you can't if you can't ingest more water. So um, don't mess around. That can you know you lose consciousness very quickly, and you'll you know and especially if this isn't someone checking on you. Uh, And this can be like just because of food poisoning, right, or something simple like that. So. Uh, so be very careful if you can't keep fluids down uh, in your stomach and and get yourself some IVs if you need it. Don't don't mess around with that kind of stuff. Uh, with this episode, with these two episodes of lower decks, I think I find myself just able to sit back for twenty minutes and relax with lower decks. I don't find myself having to kind of think very deeply about like Star Trek even or anything. It's just, a bunch of fun and i'm kind of enjoying that to be honest with you after after you know the the star trek even even strange new worlds where it wasn't kind of uh serialized like picard or discovery there wasn't a lot of like stuff to follow week to week it still required a lot of like brain power with lower decks i could just put it on for 20 minutes while i'm eating lunch and veg out the only problem with that though is if you aren't watching the screen religiously you will miss so much stuff and I'll give you one example of that to lead us off into the discussion of this, this first episode that we're going to talk about, which is that in the very beginning, when they're talking about how they're sentient rock creatures or silicate life or whatever it is on that planet with the Federation scientists, there's a shot of a Excelsior-class starship uh, with the two California-class starships. And then they say, like, this one captain like began the, the process of getting to know the, the silicate life. And then... They you, you see the 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 captain wearing the nemesis style uniforms the first contact style uniforms beam up and then the excelsior class starship beams away, <laughs> leaving the two California class starships to, to like finish up the hard work or whatever. And there's just like a small little gag, and there's stuff like that throughout the episodes where they don't like they don't like explain like, oh, in the dialogue, oh, and the Excelsior class starship left, leaving us with the hard work or whatever. It's just a visual gag. So it's deceptive that you can like kind of tune out to lower decks, but at the same time, you need to be paying attention to what's happening on the screen to really catch all the like little jokes and references. So yeah, um, that, that's, that's my, my lower deck range you take. And so anyway, we're going to talk about two episodes here. Before the break, we'll talk about the first one. After the break, we'll talk about the second first episode we're going to talk about is Mining the Mind's Minds. It's episode the third episode of the third season of Lower Decks. It first aired 8th September 2022. It's written by Brian D. Bradley and directed by Phil Mark Sada, Sagadraka. S-A-G-A-D-R-A-C-A. Sagadraka. Great name. Mm-hmm. And uh, the in-universe date is 2382. And here's the episode summary from Memory Alpha. On a remote science outpost, stone orbs are bringing fantasies to life. Tendi starts her first day as a senior science officer trainee. Uh, so, jumping into the discussion here, the first thing is, this is the 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 trope of the Federation scientists like doing wacky stuff on some like distant world, which we've seen in TNG and a bunch of other star trek you know you just have these scientists off uh off trying to find something and in this case they are they're turned to stone by their f- closest fantasies you think you think this is a plot of a serious tng episode <laughs> could be <laughs> right
1: i don't know i mean outside of pointers to any particular episode um I kind of found it funny as a theme throughout this episode where they're hating on scientists and and it's almost like in 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 movies it's a little bit the other way around where like science heavy NASA' is always hating on the military for space stuff <laughs> this is like the the uh, the extreme opposite i i mean I guess you can say that NASA is, NASA is closer to The Federation, or or rather, closer to the Starfleet than than the military, but but uh, it it was kind of a a reverse take as compared to uh, you know sci-fi movies in general. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, um, well, first of all, to be honest, you guys, like this episode aired two weeks ago, and which is like. It's kind of fuzzy for me, <laughs> but I, I'm just being honest. I but I, I I like the notion that like you know the, so the in TNG the Enterprise is always going to like you know rescue the scientists or like solve their problems or whatever. And I like the kind of you know subtle resentment, like oh like the like nerds like got in trouble again and we have to go <laughs> yeah. you know fix things for them.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, these scientists just set up all these remote outposts, and it's up to Starfleet to like zoom around fixing their problems. And in this case, they've encountered a indigenous silicate creature called the Scrubble. <laughs> the Scrubble <laughs> <laughs> And started turning the scientists into statues. Um I I mean I, I like the idea also that that like they basically take this plot, but the plot basically serves. I, I think this is this is a, a, an interpretation. Like it's a good, good way for us to see how Lord Dex interprets its place in the Star Trek universe, which is taking really serious Star Trek plots and making them just the setup for hijinks, because like. Yeah. There's not much like that act, actual movement around the plot itself that happens, right? It's just a, we just see the the Lord, our lower deckers getting up to a bunch of like uh, mischief uh, either on the planet or or on the on the starship. Specifically in this case, uh, we we have com- Lieutenant Commander Steve Stevens, the guy who's obsessed with Jack Ransom, leading an <laughs> away team. <laughs> On the ground where they have to collect the green orbs that cause fantasies. So so specifically the hijinks in this episode were mostly around the, the various fantasies that the Lower Deckers come up with. <laughs> Which I I mean I gotta say, like they were they were pretty creative. I I mean the first one was kind of just like I feel like this season lower decks is seriously leaning into the callbacks and like the first one was like the ultimate where it's just like apparently every Starfleet engineer <laughs> dreams of leah brahms yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: who
0: was who was by the way voiced by the same actress who played her in um oh wow in tng susan gibney that's awesome so, so do you guys remember who leah brahms is
2: yeah of course
0: yeah the Jordy situation um I so actually... he, Jordy Jordy creates a hologram of her to help him with an engineering problem in one episode. He falls in love with the hologram. And then the actual Leobram shows up and Jordy's like, oh, maybe I can like hit on her. And then it turns out she's married and really unhappy that he's fallen in love with a hologram of her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did, did I, I don't quite remember as well, but did, did the others make fun Um of Rutherford a lot uh, immediately as soon as they started seeing it I think they did right and they did and, yeah and so um honestly I felt that was that was the most believable and th- they worked their way up through the different fantasies right that was the most believable fantasy and and then as you said not like it's it's not something that you really have to pay attention to but the writing is is still very logical and it's it it's like growing like the, the plot builds uh, on itself where as soon as you see this, you're like, oh, I wonder what the other people's fantasies are. And, and you know, and and then as they're like picking up the orbs and putting them into this one central bucket with all the orbs together, you look at that, you're like, yeah, that, that doesn't sound good. It's going to topple at some time. Yeah. So there's this growing sense of anticipation that, that pulls you in. Um, and so even with such simple... Like structures and and animation, you can make a plot interesting and 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 keep people excited. So I really like that. And then and then you know once things really get crazy, it's it's um, all over the place. But but the buildup was really nice. I felt in the first uh, five or ten minutes.
0: Yeah, they, they they add a sense of tension by saying, "Okay, we're gonna compare ourselves against the crew of this other Cali-class starship that are working really fast, so we're gonna we're gonna speed up ourselves." And and then of course, you know, Stevens, Stevens, and Steve, Stevens, Stevens is like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you working so fast?" And they're like, "Yeah, those guys said Commander Ransom sucked, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> and that makes them go like extra hard." Um, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed also seeing that Mariner's fantasy is basically commitment. <laughs> it's Jennifer, like, wanting to commit and call her uh, and, and have, like, a house and stuff. Because <laughs> I we, um... heard, we heard at the end of last season that Mariner and Jennifer were going to have some sort of relationship. And we didn't know how that was going to play out. And this, I feel like, is a good version of that where it's just, like, kind of low stakes we're not actually seeing their relationship we're just seeing how it kind of influences what mariner uh manifests on this planet
1: yeah yeah and and it's it's a great leveler of sorts right because if you look at the group the lower deckers the four of them right um mm-hmm. mariner is is kind of cooler than the rest right the rest are like really geeky and and dorky and and less physical and and scared and less brave but and so it sets up it, it, it nicely sets up you know almost like a bunch of friends from different groups um, or, or different different levels in high school but then but then the fantasies are like a great leveler right like yeah it, it, it's deep dark inner secrets so when they start when she's really embarrassed about her fantasy it, it, it it's really funny because the other two have a ball with it so um, I, I, I like I like the fact that the only other way that they've tried to level Mariner with the others is like, she's out of nowhere, completely unreasonable. She's super fit and super like smart, but then suddenly unreasonable or whiny or angry at her mom. But, but this was, um, this was a more like, like a a refreshing way to level her with the
0: rest. It was funny. Hmm. No, I really like that perspective. It's like, yeah, she, she's, it is otherwise kind of like, she's just, you know, the the de facto leader but they find these op- the ways to kind of give us some laughs at her expense what did y'all think about the um the other
1: crew um like it, there was this sense that it's obviously starts off with you know oh we know you guys and 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 I, i've i've always thought about you know these guys do so many crazy things where they were they infamous across across the federation across Starfleet or at least across California class vessels and and that's how it it's set up in the beginning and 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 it was quite believable i i totally didn't expect it to you know turn around like it did later on in the episode uh, do, do, did you all feel the same way that oh you guys are infamous for being kluts and getting yourself into trouble all the time
2: yeah i was also surprised by it Um, but I suppose, but in retrospect, it makes sense, right? That they would play it that way,
0: yeah. I think, I think it's like, um, it was kind of as a device to add tension at work. It doesn't like, I don't know how much sense it makes to me, like, in terms of like these guys are sharing stories of like these four specific lower deckers on other ships. Like, I'm not 100% sure that, like. It's tra- it strains credulity a little bit for me, but I I don't I try not to think too deeply about this kind of stuff. I did like that both in this episode and the next one we kind of have these like coroll- corollaries for our our you know lower deckers. We basically have like foils for them to work off of. So both yeah. of these episodes kind of have that that group. Um, we also, by the way, did you all notice that there was uh, kind of a a, a deep callback to uh, the what what a species from TNG with webbed arms.
2: Yeah, what what was that? What's the species?
0: I am trying to find the the name uh, for you guys. It's it's basically like they it, it showed up in like one episode, just like everything else that uh uh TNG ref- or the Lord X references. This is a Zaldan. And it was basically Zaldin showed up in like one episode of TNG called Coming of Age in the first season. It's the 19th episode of the first season. There's like one engineer who shows up from the species. And the only thing that's different about he looks fully human except he has webbed hands. And, and as a, as a culture, Zaldans were easily infuriated by courtesy as they viewed it as a form of phony social behavior designed to cover true feelings. <laughs> so obviously this guy gets mad at, at Wesley. So, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, I, so, I, I mean, they, they've been having these foils, basically. They've been using them to make a few deep cuts. I, I again, appreciated that by the end, it's kind of they're all working together. Uh, so we didn't have this kind of antagonistic dynamic through the whole episode, uh, and and then of course they well, after they knock over the the, uh, the 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 green balls and they start leaking gas. You have even the secondary set of like even worse fantasies. So you have the the Borg snake, the like furry werewolf of Jennifer who's wearing a hat, <laughs> and then, then Klingon clowns with battle at <laughs>
1: Those are pretty scary, actually. Um, now that I look at the picture you put up, and, like, they they I, I wouldn't wanna. I take I take the Borg snake to them.
0: Yeah, it's 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 pretty funny. The other thing, by the way, is that Steve Stevens dreams of the Kukulkan, which is a ancient serpent species who visited Earth's distant past. And there, he was instrumental in the technological, architectural advances of the Egyptians, Mayan, Aztec, and South Asian civilizations. This is of course in the animated series, so that that like oh, yeah, dragon-like creature that yeah. comes and bites Steve Stevens is another deep cut from Star Trek lore. So, um, meanwhile, while all this is happening on the planet, on the ship, Freeman is uh, is arguing. With the captain of the the other uh, California class starship about who's gonna take the the ceremonial rock that's been given to them by the Scrubble, because apparently this this like younger captain uh, is making all these like disparaging references to Freeman's age, so <laughs> she's trying to force she's trying to like deny that she's the senior captain on on site, and,
1: and there's there's like hearsay that that he's he's um been uh, been selected or or being considered for promotion to a galaxy class uh, a starship or something like that or get his own uh-huh. captaincy um so yeah she's super pissed off and 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 that kind of takes us back to like you know is freeman going to end her career here in california class vessels and it was um at the end of the last season or maybe even the season before that i don't remember where she was like she wanted to get out but she wanted to move on but then she felt that the best way to fight the federation or the rot within the federation was through these california class vessels as a captain so it it's a nice it's a nice connect back to you know she's she's kind of not doing as well for her age as some others are, or there's always going to be people who are doing better than you. They're younger. And, um, you know, in, in terms of comparing to reality as well. So, um, that, that was, that was a, an interesting take. They didn't, they didn't touch too much on it, right? Like her emotions as such, it went into the, the comic anger of them just fighting, uh, um, uh, uh, in terms of who who should mm-hmm. take that, that, offering but i I felt just for a bit that 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 was that was nice and maybe they should touch on that to make it a little more serious in the future i guess uh her age and and her still commanding lower class vessels
2: yeah i'm i'm gonna riff on this for a second and make a serious point Mm -hmm. so like freeman is like not a good captain right so (laughs) so it doesn't make sense that she would be promoted or that she's even a captain in the first place really um, and I think that's one area where Discovery has struggled, right? Because the, at least in the first two seasons with Burnham, they're trying to do something, you know, where the protagonist is not the captain, right? Right. right. And I think I think that's hard to do, right? Especially in like a Star Trek. Um, you know, I mean, if you're if you're serving under Pike, right, then Pike is a star. Right. Because he's awesome. And then with like Lorca, it was kind of the same. Right. Except then we figure out later on in the season that he's actually like a bad guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think the better way to do it would be um, to to uh, maybe make the captain like chaotic neutral or chaotic good kind of like in... Um, police procedurals are like the x-files with skinner
0: you know sometimes skinner
2: is like an advocate for mulder and scully but sometimes he also like works against them and you really it's like a coin flip right you really don't know mm-hmm. um or like the i forget the the lieutenant's name in the wire right but sometimes he's like helping mcnulty and other times he's trying to shut down the investigation um <laughs> i think that's probably a, a better way to do it than the way they approached it in discovery but with lower decks it it works perfectly with freeman she she has to be kind of clueless and incompetent right Mm -hmm. it wouldn't work if she you know otherwise
0: yeah and i mean her bridge crew aren't like a whole lot better with like ransom and (laughs) Shax's. yeah right (laughs) I,
1: i was gonna say i get what you're saying but i don't think anybody else is even nearly sensible enough to take command of that uh, that ship on in
0: the you know you <laughs> Crew and anywhere else, um no no, not at all, um, speaking of which, we do have the next level of command training being given to Tendi in this, so mm. she she might she's she's basically basically getting trained to be a senior science officer, and she's really excited to see who she's been assigned to, and it's Miglimo. <laughs> <laughs> which will never get i mean it'll never get old seeing him seeing a bird wearing a suit kind of
1: it's also a very nice um very nice take on on reality and how people are put in positions to coach others when they have absolutely no idea what it takes I was like oh let me just open the book and 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 we'll do it together
0: yeah, she's like have you done this before and he's like absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> but I have this manual and then he starts flipping through like he's never read it before <laughs> oh, it's really good it's really good and his advice to her basically is I need you to go and interrupt the captain and that's it <laughs> uh, which actually works by the end um, it also is like we find out that Dendi's real mentor in the ship is still Dr. T'Ana uh, and that that's who she gets advice from, which is kind of heartwarming.
1: I actually like that interruption advice it's 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 hard to do that, right? like when you're mm-hmm. when you're trying to make a point and you feel that everybody else is coming with so much background and experience and clout and credibility and rapport so and and in today's world, if you don't kind of jump in and, and talk, you just get, get forgotten. And I mean, I'm sure there's, there's obviously the other extreme where people are just talking um, across each other or at each other and nobody's really listening because everybody wants to get their voice in and be heard. Um, But I, I don't know, I guess, I guess there's these like little lessons that they have throughout as well in terms of how to deal with life A previous situation you had, um, a couple of the uh, yeah, previous episode before this was a Boimler and, and, you know, being too mm-hmm. hesitant to try out stuff and then going on the other end of the spectrum and trying everything out. So I, I like these bits and pieces of life lessons that, um, w- one can
0: associate with. And, and I think that's the thing, like they're not disrupting the structure of the Star Trek universe here, right? They have one ship of doofuses. But it's not like Starfleet's like manual to train people is broken or anything like that. Like there there's still like real values. The 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 integrity of the universe's morality, its values, it's all intact. So they're not bending those fundamentals to make the the comedy here.
1: Yep. And then like, you know, you may think that people are the other lesson around you may think that people are out to get you or they don't know you, but they actually are just quite like you, um, you know, with the two crews, right? They, they, there's, they, they kind of misunderstood each other and then you kind of work together and figure stuff out, which obviously happens in, in, in true tradition where somehow they like solve the whole thing in, in, in less than five minutes, right? And that gave uh, the whole uh, Ill, uh, hallucination thing and the collusion between the scientists and the indigenous mm-hmm. species
0: which wow. which which is revealed um by the rock being smashed <laughs> and then there being a little starfleet device inside and and the lower deckers on the planet have gone into this cave and found out that basically the starfleet scientists gave the scrubble technology to read everyone's minds uh and and produce these hallucinations um I I'll be honest with you, I thought that the, the the kind of overriding, so I think that there were good kind of elements, funny elements in this, like the fantasies, the the like making fun of Federation scientists, the lessons that you, the like earnest lessons that you were talking about, Rudy, but I thought that the plot itself was kind of weak, um, you know, like it didn't really make any sense to me that the Scrabble and the scientists were colluding with one another. Um and the other thing, and, and like the motivation for that, like, okay, now they can like place a bug in the captain's office and then hear secrets. Like it didn't make any sense to me, uh, really speaking. And it didn't uh, as like something that might occur. I, I, I agree.
2: I also found that to be somewhat implausible. I didn't understand the motive Yeah, It's like, what? They want to put a bug in the captain's office? It seemed weird.
1: I, I think the collusion side of it was an interesting take um, that they didn't execute well, right? Like mm. you could probably, maybe not scientists, but but these guys, scientists, colonists are are driven by personal desire and and you know it's hard, It's a hard life, and you're out there by yourself, and, and sometimes you know you you get you, you get you get affected by things like that. So I think there was enough there to like. Um, Make an interesting plot, but you're right. The execution was, oh, and they're just gonna take all the information and read your minds and then sell secrets, right? That just happened very quickly. I was kind of clapped together, patched together in the
0: end. Um, yeah, yeah. Then just while, while we're while we're on um, things that maybe some of us didn't appreciate as much, I'll also add that the, at the end, I didn't understand the whole like button about. Oh yeah, except in the stories, Boimler is a robot. And like a little robot, and everybody laughs. So was just kind of like as a button to the episode. It didn't work for me. Like as a throwaway joke, sure, but like, I didn't, I didn't quite get that reference. But anyway, at the end of this episode, everyone's it's happily ever after for everybody, uh, and the zooms off into another mission. So we, which we should talk about after the break here in a second. Before we do that, I, I do want to get your ratings for mining the mines, mines. What do you think? What are we going to give this one? I'll go. I'll give it um,
1: 7.5 Klingon Clowns out of 10. <laughs> which is quite scary, actually. <laughs> Imagine uh, half a dozen of those roaming around. Uh, <laughs> half a dozen and a half, like or like 7.5. Mm-hmm. So one battle. It.
0: I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'll give it a little. Go ahead, Bill. Uh, seven seven out of ten i want to go yeah. on a six and a half just because i want to express a little bit of like yeah okay it was all right it was all right yeah so yeah. uh yeah I, I think i think some funny moments some issues that we talked about but nothing objectionable at all well let's take a break here we'll come back and talk about a room for growth oh no, no 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 this says there aren't four rooms on deck one it's one room on deck four only one so wait so wait so who should get it it would mean being on a different deck, all by yourself.
2: We wouldn't get to have days like this anymore.
0: Even with all the peril, it was really fun just being together. Welcome back to Strange New Takes. Let's talk about room for growth and Boimler's growth mindset. Bold Boimler is back, uh, basically, in this episode. Uh, and and so okay, let, let me let me let me give you the introduction since I didn't do that before. So, Room for Growth is the fourth episode of the third season of Lower Decks. It first aired on 15th, September 2022. It was written by John Cochran, directed by Jason Zurek. And the in-universe date is 2382. The Summary from Memory Alpha. Mariner, Boimler, and Tendi clash with their arch-rivals, Delta Shift. And the Cerritos engineers go on mandatory relaxation leave. Again, something that work enforced on me. Mandatory relax- relaxation leave. Um... No, they didn't. Not yet, anyway. Hopefully, yeah. it never gets to that point. <laughs> uh, actually, that's not true. I have had uh, a team member at one point, like one of our team leaders, be like, "Okay, guys, after after this point today, I want all laptops closed. I want you guys to go and enjoy yourselves. Uh, you've worked very hard for this one particular project, so we just now that it's done, I need you to go and spend the rest of the day enjoying yourself." So, I guess I have had mandatory relaxation leave uh, already. But, have you ever had that bill
2: no no I, I, <laughs> I, I, all right manager leave,
0: leave this episode now go take it easy like go to the beach
2: <laughs> what if i want puppies can i do that
0: no <laughs> no this is like enforced
2: <laughs> manny petty yeah um okay
0: i've i've um
1: i was also trying to think of when i've had. I mean, there's always that whole, um, if you don't have like unlimited paid, paid time off, which is never really a thing, right? That's, that's a trap or a loophole or whatever. Like you never take it, but if you have fixed vacation days, there's a whole bit about use it or lose it. Right? So, and, and I guess that's money, right? In a way, mm-hmm. indirect money. So you got to mandate yourself to use it or you'll lose it. So I've done that before. Um, and then, you know, when, when it gets close to long weekends and it's like the, the day before the long weekend starts, there's usually, uh, there's like a, there's like a manager, a designated manager, personality designation, not designated by hierarchy who's always kind of comes around. This was pre covid when people were like co-working It's like, what are you doing here? Go away. (laughs) It's, it's, it's start your vacation early or something like that. So, yeah, that's that's those
0: are my experiences. That's a typical boss move, right? Like, boss walks down the hallway, sees you at, like, 5.01 in your office. is like, what's after 5? What are you doing here? Like, get out. It's like, wow, my boss really cares about me. Thanks, boss. And then he's texting you at, like, 6 o'clock, like, hey. <laughs> hey, I have a question. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, in this particular episode, the hijinks start because... Oh man, the senior crew yet again. They have a mask incident uh, with Freeman getting the uh, apparently like exactly the same mask that Data finds in uh, in the TNG episode. Uh, the the masks. Literally, the episode is called "Masks," <laughs> which uh, Bill, you have I, I from from your reaction. and I brought this up earlier. You have some uh, uh, emotionally charged memories about this episode. yeah it's one of the
2: worst episodes at TNG for sure I but um, a little bit has a little bit of the like so bad it's good thing going on I get so campy and over the top but yeah it's terrible it's totally
0: terrible (laughs) and basically uh, while so here's a summary of that episode while exploring investing in a rogue comet the cultural archive concealed inside begins taking over the enterprise and data. So basically data and ceramics class makes like this weird mask that he starts wearing and then starts taking over the ship. Uh, right. Yep. And in this particular episode, Freeman wears the masks and, and seems to be converting the entire Cerritos to being some like lush Incan type like jungle stone structure uh, setting Kind of like the Strange New Worlds episode where the entire ship got turned into like the, 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 like medieval, th- medieval kingdom. Yeah. Do, do, do y'all remember what
1: Boimler was holding when that transition was taking place? He was like, so he he knew that something was happening. So he was holding on to something. I, I don't know what, what it was, but post transformation becomes like this stone doll. And he's like, ah, uh, drops it. So yeah, that was funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and apparently they're everyone's getting kind of tired of the close quarters on the on the ship. Which I have to say, like there is some like especially in like places where there's like group uh showering contexts so, or like locker rooms, there are those guys who like go with towels that are a little like a little like too short. Like, come on, man, you couldn't use the full size towel uh when you were coming out of the shower. Like not not that there's anything like to like not, you know, to be disgusted by or anything, but like, come on, man, like, just, just you know, use, use a size appropriate towel, dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I had a thought and, and connecting it back to the previous episode as well and other parts of uh, the series. Do you feel that the, the writers and the creators are trying to specifically target, you know, um, the young adult age group You know, newly entering the workforce, um, you know, having to, having to, don't have that much disposable income to uh, live independently, living with others, you know, how to, the difficulties of being an entry-level person in the workforce, um, because there isn't quite really like a old, old lower decker, right? Somebody who hasn't like worked their way up (laughs)
0: That would be Happy. a great character, actually, though, to introduce <laughs> yeah. at some point. Some, like, old dude who works in, like, the nacelles. Like, there's that one Voyager episode where there's those, like, people who work in the nacelles that the captain has, like, never visited. Tom Morello oh, from Rage yeah. Against the Machine plays one of them. By the way, do y'all remember this? You remember, I didn't know Tom? that, yeah. but I remember yeah. the episode, yeah. Uh, So, this is, uh, like... So, Voyager had two major guest stars uh that were kind of weird. One was... uh. Now the current king of Jordan, uh, when he yeah. was a prince, he was in a non-speaking role because he was a huge Voyager fan. But then Tom Morello, who's the the guitarist from uh, Rage Against the Machine, was he's not only in Star Trek: Insurrection, but then he played a officer uh, named Crewman Mitchell on the Voyager episode Good Shepherd, where. <laughs> Uh, they have, that's the one where there are these, like, misfit people that, uh, Janeway decides to take on an away mission and, like, rip them into shape. And so Mitchell is one of the guys who's, like, the senior officer of one of these, like, misfit people that she finds. So we could have, like, a kind of that type of character who's, like, just a lower decker despite years of trying to get out of the lower decks. Harry Kim!
2: There you go. Well Mariner is supposed to have been in Starfleet for like ten or twelve years, right?
0: Yep. But she is like I mean. intentionally where she is, whereas this person could be like a lovable doofus or something like that. Like a boiler yeah, yeah. basically in like twenty years.
1: Yeah. And, and and even if even if she's been around for long, she's still kinda like she comes across as young and young at heart, young in mind, young in physique young yeah. in maturity yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah I, know, I know what you mean somebody with grey hair right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: we're bald guy so so within this episode though we very quickly get into the, the core plots which is basically that Boimler is going to lead an expedition across the ship to access a panel that will allow them to break into the room lottery which of course this thing is like in the, like, in in the area between the two nacelles. It's in that structure. (laughs) That's literally on the other side of the ship. And they've got to crawl through Jeffrey's tubes to get there. Um, And then Rutherford is off on this, like, relaxation ship where, like, Freeman is insisting all the engineers relax. But they just keep trying to find work to do. (laughs) Which, I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those people that, like, (laughs) I will do DIY work on my house. I'll like finish my garage and that is deeply relaxing to like, to do like drywall or like build a deck or like woodworking. It's, it's, it's relaxing in its own way to do work.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I I get, um, therapeutic relief from gardening and, and I guess that's not as, as intense as, um, building a deck and all of that so maybe it doesn't fit the uh the stereotype in this episode or whatever you were saying Notch. but 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 i can see that
0: no and i think it does this... i think it does because it's it's a technical skill right basically it's saying that people who have a technical skill like they like to practice typically find that pretty if they find a way to make that their job they do kind of you know uh, like there are doctors like that who really enjoy their work and don't find it like they might find it ti- like physically tiring, but like mentally, it's very stimulating and, and relaxing uh, for them. Mm. So if you are a gardener, Rudy, next career, once you're once you're done working in uh, in management, you can uh, you can be a gardener for a living. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that there yeah, go ahead, Bill.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the moral of the story, right? With the engineers that, you know, everybody has their own way to relax and recharge and whatever. And um, I don't know, the captain was not really understanding that, uh, which is a, I mean, that's a, that's a nice kind of lower deck sized moral, right? <laughs> it's like pretty small time, not, you know, uh, doesn't have too much gravity.
0: That that, true. Like, that that it's sometimes hard for us to understand that other people have different needs than ourselves. Like we might relax yeah. by sitting on a beach with a, you know, daiquiri or whatever, but like what these guys need is to solve engineering problems.
1: Yeah.
0: I think no, everybody I can
1: relax with a beach, sorry, with a daiquiri on the beach, but, but I see what you're saying. I mean, do we want to talk about this whole Concept of stress laxing. Have you heard about that?
0: No, I Um, haven't
1: heard about it. What is it? um, It's a combination of... Here's my understanding of it because I haven't really read up on it. It's sort of followed me on social media because I guess social media thinks I'm stressed. (laughs) I don't know. But it's like doom scrolling is definitely a part of it where if you're taking time Mm. out, but you're just sort of scrolling into the night... Um, and and then falling asleep. Another one is, um, yeah, you take, you take chunks of time out, uh, to relax, but you sort of feel you're not doing, you're, you're not doing anything, but you sort of feel, you don't feel refreshed at the end of it, um, because your mind's somewhere. So apparently there's, you know, all these apps and uh, that help you get away from stress laxing. Um, yeah, it's a term
0: stress laxing yeah i I stress lax quite a lot actually it's especially that like last half hour before you fall asleep you're just like scrolling for no reason and if it's probably just better if you turn the screen off and like go to sleep but it's too hard to do well all of these this relaxation hijinks occur on a health spa ship called the dove uh led by an endosian uh who is the same species as the animated series character T-Rex that we've talked about on this podcast mm-hmm. before. And uh, this this Adosian f- gets given, basically the engineers design the Miracle Relaxation device that they use to like calm Freeman down. And the Adosian <laughs> is like, put it out of the airlock immediately because it'll make us redundant. Um, which doesn't make any sense because there's no economics in Starfleet, right? So like, how would it matter if if you know
2: yeah yeah she's a luddite um but i mean it does kind of suggest how the economic system in star trek doesn't really make any sense if you think about it like so like what if you know she didn't do that and everybody started using these relaxing machines right Mm -hmm. instead she could in theory continue to operate her like the dove right and there would just be nobody there
0: yeah, they make, would, it would be and, easier.
2: Yeah, they would just it's have no expenses. customers, right? And you could do that in the federation, I guess. You know, there would be lots of like art studios with no customers.
0: <laughs> well, they could they could do it so that it's like you know you have the like technologically like digital relaxation in this pod, or you have analog, old school relaxation in the puppy room.
1: Yeah, you know? Menu so market it out. as like
0: old school and like authentic.
1: Yeah. Get, get people coming back for different kinds every time. Yeah, it, it didn't make sense to me as well. I, I actually thought she was just irritated at the end because, like, everything went sideways, right? Like, she was just not successful over the entire duration of the episode in in making anyone feel better and missing out on, on the captain being super stressed as well. Um, I like that whole code black thing, right? Like, aren't those, like, medical terms? Uh, like, code code. There's code blue, obviously, and code uh, black. If I remember, yeah, there are, there
2: are codes in hospitals. Right there, are, I don't know if code black is a is one. But also, well, this this reminded me of
0: uh, Battlestar Galactica, where they have like the 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 operate the hammerhead, oh, not hammer hammerhead, space above and beyond. What's this? This the little <laughs> fighter in um, Battlestar Galactica called uh, the Razors. So they yeah. have they have they have the pilots from the razors flying through this like radiation cloud to lead ships through it, and they have a little patch on their hand that shows their radiation exposure, and it slowly gets black through the episode. Um, and then one of the one of the uh, pilots like swaps hers with someone else's to like hide the fact that she's got a radiation overdose already. Oh,
2: oh man, that sounds like something Maverick would do. Yeah, man, I just gotta keep <laughs> flying. I don't care about the radiation.
0: There's an episode of yeah. Jag about that where a pilot lied about his uh, eyesight. So uh-huh. all sorts of all sorts of references. Uh, the reason I went down the medical path is I have this
1: vague recollection of some Grey's Anatomy episode. I didn't watch that many where like a code black is announced and people don't really know what that means. But apparently it's like a... Like a... Active... Um, not an active shooter situation, but some kind of situation where there could be harm to like the entire hospital, or like a terror terror situation where they find like a bomb in somebody's body or something like that, something weird. Yeah, so, wow. they're they're like code silver lag. is somebody has a gun. Oh, That's real, okay.
2: but I, I'm not sure if they're always the same at all hospitals. Mm. I think that, um, yeah, maybe I'm taking the question too seriously. I'm sure Gray's Anatomy was right. You <laughs> need
0: to stress lax. Well, on the on the on the dove, they have they have a code black. When your your relaxation armband goes from yellow to red to black, and yeah. then you need immediate relaxation and forced relaxation.
2: I I love that she was using her third arm to chain smoke. <laughs> I didn't even notice that.
1: <laughs> How is that it's relaxing? Amazing. That that makes no sense. But but I miss that too. Um. Yeah, the, the the other thing that I wanted to call out here was, do, do y'all feel that when you're really tired, like really, really tired, you're so tired that you can't relax? So your mind is like kind of droning and like too tired to sleep or something like that. Is, is that a thing that that y'all have experienced or heard about? Maybe that's that's what the crew is going through as well. It's like, been a while
0: you... that I've been in that situation, but yes, I have I have been in a situation where I'm so tired that it's hard to think about sleeping. Yeah, so it's like your 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 comfort
1: is just continuing with the recency bias of what you've been doing before. So they're like walking through that door, they fix the door. <laughs> <It's> yeah. <hilarious. laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we should move on to talking about the trek that Boimler, Tendi, and uh, Mm. Mariner take across the ship where we get to see some hijinks again. First of all, Teana and Shaxx have a crime play sex fantasy thing going on where they load up what looks kind of like the Dixon Hill fantasies except they're Mm. playing the criminals with the safety protocols off and they're going to commit murder before having sex.
1: To, to 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 really offend and disgust the hostages, right? Like, it's like yeah. do the nasties in front of the hostages. Oh
2: man! Yeah, I thought that was great. And then you know, Shaxx actually just wants to talk about his feelings. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I-, I died, and we haven't talked about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, any any guesses on on how? Uh, Donna lost her tail, right? We never really get to that.
0: It has to be something like sexy, apparently, because she's about to bring it up before they have sex. So <laughs> maybe another episode. Maybe, maybe, and they have, so so our Lord Eckers, after that get they get sent into the. First of all, I thought we were going to get a re- reference to that, like, little area in the ship where Ensign Mayweather and Enterprise found where he can, like, sit on the ceiling. You remember that? where he oh, Like, there's yeah. like, this, this is part of the ship where the gravity is, like, cancels each other. The gravity generators cancel one another out or whatever. But it, it turns out to actually be the deflector room. <laughs> <laughs> Which they have to yank Boimler out of by his hair. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, uh, intense. And then they end up uh, be getting into underneath the um, the hydroponics lab, where they see the roots. And I, I guess you guys didn't notice that there was a dupler skeleton, like hidden in the roots. There,
2: I didn't. I missed it.
0: So we've been getting more callbacks on lower decks as time has gone on. Yep. Yep. Um, I love the I love the part
1: where they. Um... Where they get, uh, I guess, what's the, I don't know, right term, intoxicated by the fumes. And that was very trippy and nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Their eyes, go, the pupils go wide, and they act like yeah. they're really seriously drugged out. And and Tendy has to basically like chase them out. Of the...
1: Yeah, I could have, I could have done with another five minutes of them just continuously tripping because it was there were some fun scenes where one's arms were like really stretchy. I think it's. Mariner's arms are super stretchy and then she's like wrapped herself around like 10 times and yet the arms are able to like caress her face or something
0: ridiculous like that. Which I mean, this brings up a good point. Like there are a lot of these like short jokes which I feel like could be almost like not an entire episode but they could be much longer. Like Lower X gives us so much in like such a short span of time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. and And I mean... Like,
1: again, going right to the end, I, I really didn't think that they would be duped by those, by the Delta Shifters, uh, as in I didn't think it was a dupe because I felt that there was, again, continuity in like, misunderstanding or having false notions or uh, preconceived notions about another set of people and then finding out they're just like you. So I was like, ah, oh, it's the same, it's the same, same theme from the previous episode. But yeah, those Delta Shifters are um, a bunch of scum.
0: Yeah, they betray our uh, our guys um, and slam the door on them. And, of course, by the way, did y'all get the reference while they're doing the whole uh, uh, trek through the ship that at some point, I think I forget if it's Mariner or Tendi, they're like, yeah, I hope this isn't the room with the, like, f- there aren't fireballs in the next uh, area where, like, there are those sections of, like, TOS where Kirk finds, like, areas of the ship where there's, like, fire and he has to jump over like a cavern and stuff
2: <laughs> i don't remember that
0: yeah there's like a brief there's a brief reference to it in this episode but anyway mm. um delta shift does does get the get the lower uh get the I, i'm missing my like language what, they get the drop on our on our lower deckers is that is that an appropriate way to put it i don't I like know it. sure all right oh, let's just roll with it let's and go with so, it. Yeah. And then, so the lower deckers have to, like, somehow they f- still get to the screen before Delta Shift. And they, they see that instead of four rooms being open for the room lottery, it's one room. And then they decide... It's to it's a lower
1: deck. It's like one room on deck four as opposed to four rooms on
0: deck, deck one. <laughs> and so they don't think creatively and they give it up and Rutherford is angry at them for not, not going for it. I thought the ending of this episode was a lot funnier than the ending of the last one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know.
1: I I feel that I I don't know how much more they would have gained as four people in in one room. Um I don't know. I I feel they took the right decision. I I I I was in, I was curious to see how this would end again, and there was that anticipation a little bit. Like, would they just be bummed out and and go back and? Um, but they kind of try to put a positive spin on it. We'll we'll you know miss these like fun experiences and things like that. So when 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 they were like, oh, but you could have just all four gone gone in the same room. I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. Like, you
0: wouldn't get the same feel as the true lower deck. Yeah, but it's slightly more private, right? so it's it's slightly better it's not like completely adjusting all the problems but you can the uh, only question is like on which like you know regimented military vessel are you going to be able to go to the quartermaster and say actually we're all going to bunk in this one single room together yeah yes. yeah
2: I think you know, it would really just follow seniority,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um but the room lottery was a kind of a funny like little way to kind of bring a little bit of humanity, I guess, to Starfleet as well, learn about a little bit of the background of how all these people live. So Yeah. Um Yeah, if you if you're gonna think about logic
1: though, which which ship in in the space age or any age, dis- digital age would have um the 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 roster for rooms stored in just one part of the ship right it should just be behind a password accessible from any part of the ship right you need to go there physically yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) i mean this is another classic star trek plot i guess is like we have to adjust the system but it's in between the nacelles (laughs) so we have to like across the ship and these guys of course do it for the dumbest reason so Anyway, well let's give Room for Growth a which by the way great pun, Room for growth. Uh oh, let's yeah. let's let's give it a, a strange new rating. Which of you want to stick your neck out you and go first? I'm gonna give it a
1: seven point five. I will give it hmm i'm gonna give it a 7.5 again 7.5 um mummified duplers um Um, yeah same reasons it had a it had a little bit um it had good humor um there was there were a few logic fails here and there um in in general i feel it now that i think about it i think lord x can has the right formula but can do a little bit better on plots at least in in these two episodes right like make a little more sense out of it they've done it before um i'd love to see like
0: more wedge douche kind of episodes that was so Mm. good yeah Um, i think i think you're right rudy i think this season so far has been like it's been all right like i haven't been you know disappointed with anything at all but there's no like hard-hitting like episode where like years from now i will remember this specific episode you know like okay maybe, maybe historic bozeman i think maybe that that is something that that will resonate through the star trek ages um but that's just i mean it's one joke out of an episode rather than the episode itself that's been my take so far is like we, we haven't hit that kind of inflection moment yet in this season
1: and, and we're, we're still expecting that crossover episode right
2: yes that'll be in uh strange new worlds next season ah
0: okay yeah got it so it's not here okay oh. that's gonna be really interesting i i I'm really curious to see how that goes yeah all right well rudy and bill thank you for joining me today to talk about star trek i'm excited to be back on the podcast after a, a little while off for various reasons i hope uh you guys were were excited to talk about star trek too Thanks.
2: That was not always. Fun.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We loved stress laxing with you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I hope uh, Emily and Adam are having a good weekend, wherever they are, whatever they're doing. I hope it's a good time. And uh, thank you to you, dear listener, for making us a part of your week. We always appreciate being in your earbuds or your speakers or your car or whatever it is that we are in where you listen. Uh, thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music. We always appreciate hearing you strum away at the guitar as well. And uh, special thanks this week to the commanders who are the backups: Billups, Steve Stevens, for bringing us just a little bit of levity by how doofusy they are uh, throughout throughout this show. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Night.